Just How are you? Oh, just great. It gets better every day here. Everybody really, you know, after the debates, it was phenomenal. Now we really know. Uh, it's horrible. <laughs> My problem has always been with, uh, with him was just because I lived in New York. Uh, and he lived literally, if I look outside my window, I could point to the, pretty much the 15 blocks away or 12 blocks that I would have to walk to get to where he was living. Yeah. And since he, so in a sense, he was my neighbor for that length of time. Yeah. Like 40 years. And so, and I wasn't at that point, um, I was just, I arrived in New York and I was just doing stand up as kind of a, I wanted to be in theater. I was doing stand-up as kind of a hobby, you know, just kind of doing it so a way I could write something and get it out. And and then he was in our face the whole time, like he is now, only just in New York. And and I discovered immediately that he was kind of like a comic gold mine. Mm. <laughs> so, Even so, from back then. Oh yeah, I mean, because and I would I would uh, 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 this is a, a this is a really. Uh, the, the best example of my difficulty with him, okay? This, I think, nails, uh, there's, there are two things that nail it but, but for me, and this one, this was the first, and this was in 1981, 82, it came out in the New York Times. He, uh, he's, he's, been, he's being interviewed. He, uh, he talks about a pivotal moment in his life. Um, and he's standing on, there's a bridge that, uh, that had been built and his father and all of the politicians and everybody's on the bridge. They're celebrating the Verrazano Bridge. I think it, it connects, uh, uh, it connects, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> New York with, uh, with, uh, well, New York City with the, the Staten Island. I think that's what it is. I fucking, I don't, I don't, I've been on it twice. I don't, uh, so, so, uh, but he's, it's a huge bridge and magnificent. Yeah. And he says that, uh, um, it, it, that he, um, that was, uh, he, he's standing there with them and he, uh, they're all kind of celebrating the moment and he looks over and notices that there's a, an old man there and he was, the old man was the, it turns out was the man who designed the bridge. He's a Swedish designer an architect, he was in his 80s. And he looked at the old men and he looked at the, all of the politicians and the, the ones who, you know, who basically kind of had fought against getting this bridge done, but now we're kind of taking credit for it. And uh, he's, he said at that moment in time when he looked at that old man, he, uh, he realized uh, the, 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 this, this, the most, he realized and, and this is, you never hear this from anyone, anyone, the, the, where, where you realize that this, he's like 18, 19 years old. He's making the choice, his life choice of which path to go down. Right there. On right the bridge. There. He, on the bridge, he looks at the old man. He says, uh, and I'm paraphrasing just slightly, I'm never going to get screwed the way that old man is getting screwed. <laughs> and I thought, wow, he is missing the point. A, the guy designed the bridge, B, he's probably over there because as you probably know too, you know, there are times when you just want to be away from these. These are the people who didn't want, want the thing. He yeah. wants, you know, he's, he's delighting in the moment. So this, what he gets out of it is yes. he looks at this guy and makes the choice and he says, you know what? I have decided to be an asshole. 
And that's the moment Donald Trump made that decision. And it's, it's, it's fucking, it's in the newspaper. <laughs> and I started doing it on stage when he was running, when he started running for the presidency. And it would get people in the audience, would, well, what's wrong with that? What, what are you kidding me? What's wrong with that? You missed the point too. I, I've, I've always wondered about that. Was, was the big joke him running for president or him actually being president? It was kind of like the setup. Yeah. <laughs> the punchline was him winning. I wish we that one. <laughs> you know, I feel like, do you, do you sometimes look at the way Trump behaves or interacts with social media as a way that young people always wanted to interact with the president? And I know he, say, he, he says crazy things, but he is saying it from where he is. You know, before, when you, when you watch old footage, in, in, in America, you know, Reagan would come out on the front lawn and say something and he would disappear into that door and never to be heard of again. Or he would come on, on, on the television and say, fellow Americans, and then some, you know something is wrong. But here's a guy literally tweeting from a hospital room as he's been diagnosed with COVID-19 and he tweets from the Oval Office. Do you think that he is playing to the audience's voyeuristic needs? our need to just be a fly in the wall in every situation. I think he's, um, I think what he discovered was, that, uh, he discovered, the media discovered him, he discovered the media and the media discovered him. And this is yeah. an of that. Yeah, it was a, it's a perfect storm. Perfect storm, yeah. And the thing that uh, enraged me about all of this was to have, to turn on the news and these jackasses are reading his tweets. Well, you don't get to read his tweets. <laughs> That's my job, okay? I'm the comic fucker. I read his tweets. You give the news. Tweets isn't news. There is, unless it's policy, unless there's something in there that has something to do with policy. Yes. My job as a comic has always been, and it's not a lot. I've never talked much about presidents in any all of my acts. Yeah. I don't think they're that interesting. I don't like them. I've never liked any, anybody. I don't like authority figures. So fuck yeah. So so it's uh, so it, to me it's you know uh, it, it, where you what you find in his tweets are his pathology. Yes. That's what I go after and discuss with all the presidents. Like the pathology with Obama to me was hope. He kept talking about hope. Well, you know, yeah. fuck you. In your hope. <laughs> I'm 60 something years old. Hope doesn't work for me. Come up with another word, all right? You got that word that works for a bunch of people who are young. For me, I need it by Thursday. So that was so, so I mean, that's always been the case. It's always so to have them read these, you're taking this from, you're taking it. That was my, that would have been my act. <laughs> so I would not do anything else except go on stage and go boom, boom, boom. I read maybe in the t entire time that he's been in office, three tweets of his. Three. Wow. And the news has made that the news. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, the, you know, the one where he called himself a stable genius. <laughs> There's no genius who's stable. <laughs> Idiot. You can fucking no genius is stable. That's how come they're a genius. What what are people what are people laughing at? I'm sure throughout time, you see with us, 
right? There used to be a time where comedy for us, and especially for stand-up comedy for black people, only started coming up after the, our first elections in 94, so 96, 97, you started having comedy and it was about our integration. So most of the material that we used to see from the guys that came before us was about, you never thought we'd sit in the same restaurant like this. Then it was that. <laughs> and Mandela is free now. You think we're going to eat you? Huh? Huh? So it was, that was the, <laughs> that was the material. And then we, we came and then we, we sort of took it to the next level because luckily we had the exposure of the internet. We could look at YouTube videos. We watch your stuff. We watch everyone. So we had a global understanding of what was going on. Facebook was coming up, Twitter, all the social media platforms. So our material started becoming more global, right? But there was still something that made us laugh. It was the fact that there was a political conference that was held. So in our country, whoever is the party president, if that party wins elections, right, they become the, 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 the president of the country. So what happened was we had a, a, a guy who was Nelson Mandela's right-hand man called Tabombeki. And he got ousted in a conference. So the biggest joke was he got fired like he was a McDonald's employee. So he went there for <laughs> he went there for <laughs> he went there for a conference, and then he got he got his pink slip, and then he was Danzos. And then we got a guy called Jacob Zuma. But you know, when I look at Boris Johnson and I look at how Trump behaves, we had Zuma before you guys had any of these people, right? So he was a flamboyant guy. He was a guy who was. He was loved by everybody because he kind of spoke to the common man and he was everywhere. He was a polygamist. So we, as comics, we always had something to say about him. I'm not big on politics on stage, but you couldn't ignore him. He was just right in front of you, right? And then he also got ousted, not ousted, but you know, he got bumped. And then now we have, a, we have the best president we've had since Nelson Mandela, Cyril Ramaphosa, you know? So he's sending all of these cronies to jail. So that's, that's, what's, that's what's funny for us now. But we haven't, when that phase happened of jail time for all the cronies we've seen for the last nine years, having a good time, lockdown happened. So we couldn't do the material anyway. So, so for you guys, what is funny? Not much. <laughs> I'm serious. It's weird. Part of the, what makes things not funny is the fact that because of the separation of, uh, at least for me, you know, the audience and the uh, performer. Yeah. That, that really, that cuts out a lot. Because yeah. like, uh, I know that the, the, some comics have said, you know, uh, besides myself, uh, I'm like, you know, they go, well, you want to do some Zoom comedy? Mm. No. <laughs> no. Me too. I'm like, no thanks. <laughs> Nuts! It's like I don't know if you ever, if you had if you ever saw Hollywood Squares where they had the they had celebrities in the United States even have a thing called Hollywood Squares and they had all these celebrities in the squares. That's what I feel like Zoom comedy is. It's like yes, and you're the center square. And it's like no, 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 no. I, I, I and for me, I write on stage, so that's yeah. So that's the deal. So if I can't go out and do that, forget about it. I'll see you. I mean, I'll write at home and I'll, I'll work on a book uh, and I'm doing some stuff. I read rants. I read these rants that people write um, that I've been doing. Uh, I, I was doing before the shutdown I, 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 for about four years that was streamed worldwide. So yes. basically 
uh, at the end of my show, anybody throughout the world could send me a rant. So I was reading rants from... Uh, exactly. Some stuff came in from South Africa, some stuff came in from Sweden, some stuff Germany, yeah, but mostly and a lot of the stuff from the States. And then it became really centric uh, to, the, to the town uh, or the city I was playing in the state. Mm -hmm. so, so I'm starting to do that, which is easier. I mean, it's like my daily show bit in the sense yeah. that I'm reading, these people have a bitch, I'm going to read their bitch. And it goes from, uh, you know, somebody just, you know, the, the, one of the best recently was one of the really, uh, a while back, but it was uh, a guy got a, a, went to the store, he bought some peanut butter, he opened it up and it was, he bought, uh, he bought creamy and it was crunchy. When he opened it up, it was, and he was, and he flipped out. His world fell apart. He did. He wrote, see, it was, it's six minutes long. Six minutes. Spectacular, spectacularly written. And a lot of the stuff, and it gave me a lot of hope because the stuff was written well. It was written in, in many cases, you know, they're not going to become professional writers on The Daily Show, but oh. the quality of those pieces yes. is as good as it could be if it was on The Daily Show and that was the, the thing that they did. So that's the stuff that I'm doing because I can do that. That works. I don't need the audience for that. But in terms of my comedy, I need to, I need to work it out in front of me. I need to take what I've gotten by sitting at home, losing my fucking mind, and I need to get on stage and talk about that. And go and because I just did, I, I, I literally had put my special was done. Yes. I, it was done totally by, it was just a lucky accident. It, I, I wanted to do it in, in August. Uh, and, it, and it was kind of like we had, uh, it was, um, we didn't have all the bells and whistles. It's kind of a, uh, it's, it's, a uh, it's not high tech. Mm -hmm. Cameras, you don't see the audience and all of that. So mm -hmm. all of that's in the can. And I've got some stuff that I would do um, that, I've, that I'd set aside that was going to go into the next special. So I have some things that I would do. Now I have to go back and see how that would fit into what it is that I would do. But I need the audience to be there. Yes, you need, you need that interaction. And, and you kind yeah. of say that to anyone else, especially if you write your material in front of the audience. I don't think there's a better feeling in being a stand-up than standing there and going, let's figure it out. Yeah, I mean, that's... And I have friends who... And even my friends who do write uh, beforehand... Um, they're, you know, they're, they miss it and want to get back, but even they go, I don't want to go. It, it just reminds you, you know, if you're sitting there in a socially distance, they don't want to, A, walk into a club in which you're going to, you know, they've taken the masks off now, but he's like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> here's, here's my breath, great. <laughs> you know, or, or, or go, I mean, I've been offered, um, here's the they do, I don't know, you, you may have heard of this probably from, from the folks you've been talking to, but they now have uh, <coughs> the, um, the uh, uh, that's not that, that's another thing. That's not that. <laughs> it's a different thing. That cough, so don't panic. <laughs> it's not a new thing, it's, it's an old thing. It's, it's no, some other <laughs> so It's a wet one as opposed to a dry one. <laughs> So the, uh, but the, 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 you know, they, they call, they got in touch with me about doing a, a, a performance. It, you know, it's folks that I like, you know, a performing arts center, you know, they're not open. They need to raise money. I'd like to help. Uh, 
they had uh, they wanted me to perform at a um, <clears throat> at a outdoor at a at a drive-in movie theater at a drive-in, you know, and then people are doing that. Uh, Bert Kreischer, a couple of other guys have been doing that. Uh, Gaffigan did one, and he said, "No, I'm not doing this anymore." He said, "I don't need people honking." <laughs> so, but they said to me, I, "I they would do it. I could do it, and." And it'd be really, the people would be socially distanced and it'd be outdoors. A, I'm not big on outdoors. I'm finding good outdoor spaces to work. There are a few. I mean, and then I do them. But yeah. very, and I, it, a place that's not built for that. And they said, you know, it'd be fun because they're going to be, um, you know, food carts, food uh, trucks. Oh, that'll be fun. And as, my friend, uh, as one of my friends, Kathleen Madigan, a, com a really funny comedian, said to me, uh, she said, you know, she said, uh, you know, they're thinking, oh, it's fun for the audience. What they don't know is how distracted you would be thinking, um, is there going to be what's in that food cart and it, will there be any left for me? <laughs> so I had no desire. Because once you do it, one, you know, because the other thing, you know, you know this, you're working on something, you need to go back the next day. Well, if you're not going back the next day, then fuck it. Yeah. There is that continuation that you need to have, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think most people that organize shows, as much as the audience does, sometimes doesn't realize how short our attention span really can be. We've tried to compress our anxiety, frustration. We don't express joy on stage. You derive joy from our misery. So we, I, 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 I'm, I'm yet to hear a comic saying, I'm so happy I want to go on stage. It's, that's, that, guy's, <laughs> that guy's nuts. It doesn't, it doesn't work. So yeah. when, you, when you think of people like us who are neurotic and you know, we see all of these things flying by and we're like, we can't wait to tell someone to get stuffed. And then you get on stage, you've got 15 minutes and you're like, let me get through. Now you're going to add a food cart and a honk and a... And kids walking around and someone going to pee and then I see them coming back from peeing. The other one went for five minutes, the other one went for ten minutes. There's ants building a colony, there's bees flying, there's airplanes going across the sky, there's Trump winning. Exactly. It's suicide on stage, right? Your brain will be everywhere. Yeah, it's in, and then you go, and then at the end you go, uh, and now I'm not going to do this. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you, if, you, if you take it, they started doing this like a month, six weeks ago. You know, if you're, if you're doing stuff about him, let's say. Yeah. Uh, I never used to mention, I don't really mention his name. I never talk his, I, I mention his name maybe five times. I, and when I do, I get upset. I usually just call him the leader. Because <laughs> I know if I say his name, his ears perk up. So, uh, <laughs> I, so I am, um, uh, but I, they started about six weeks ago. The thing was, is if you did it the next day, whatever you talked about the day before, there was a whole slew of new stuff the next day. So it becomes, and it always is cherry picking stuff to try to find out what it was, what mm. was the through line of the insanity. Mm. And eventually I kind of got something that I thought worked and, uh, but, um, you know, we're now in a, we're in a different frame, we're in a different, you know, we are, we transitioned into a different time period. So, uh, and it's, and it really is, you know, I've said this, for a long time, I always said that, uh, you know, it was uh, the people, you know, it, 
that we, you know, that we, you know, the, 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 the craziest thing about our country was to tell the rest of the world, hey, look at us, we're the best. I said, what kind of a schmuck country? You wouldn't like a guy sitting in the office who's going, you know, I'm, hey, you know, if it weren't for me, you know, phew, this whole office would fall apart. Fuck you, you dick. So, you know, calm the fuck down. And I said, and then I kind of go through what other countries had that we might be interested in trying to figure it out. And now I think, you know, what's really the, the in, in part the tragedy for us, not so much the world, but for us is that, that uh, you know, but the, the, but the rest of the world has figured out, you know, we, we, we ain't that fucking smart. Yeah, right. You know, we're a great experiment. And it's a, it's a really good experiment to watch. And then it's like, uh, we need help. <laughs> you, know, you know what Americans must always take great comfort in? Is the fact that the rest of the world consumes what you guys put out. Yeah. We know all the Kardashians by name. Yeah. <laughs> we, we knew Starbucks before it came to us. We've been watching Netflix before it was legal, you know, to log in and watch it yourself, you know? So we, we sort of share in the frustration and embarrassment that American citizens that live there feel, you know? It's, it's now, it now takes us 16 hours, 15 at most, to get to, get to New York. So it's not a long drawn-out experience anymore. So most of us have been there, we've seen it, and we've interacted with people. And now we're kind of going in sympathy. If we could send you US aid, if we could send you grain, <laughs> we, we would. <laughs> We, we, need, we, we need the grain turned into alcohol immediately. <laughs> and toilet Every paper. It's another flavor. Because <laughs> we've been through all the flavors. What I do think, though, is that uh, a friend of mine, a, a, a lady I knew you know, from in France, sent me a long email. And uh, one of the things she had said that pointed out was that it was, uh, she said, you know, that we have such an effect on the rest of the world that the rest of the world should be allowed to vote for the president. Yes, yes. And I thought, you want to have a say. Really good, you know? Yeah. Because I, and I also said, because you probably take it more seriously than many Americans do. You know, I mean, you, I mean to give you an idea of just how fucking crazy it is, you're driving, I, um, one of the things I was in, uh, I was driving around, uh, the country recently uh, and uh, about a, a, two months ago I was driving through this area and um, you know a, a rural area uh, where some of his voters are and there would be like uh, a, a place you know kind of a, a ram, ramshackle and it was uh, there would be like uh, you know, the window was out, but there'd be a plastic covering, and then there'd be a Trump-Pence thing. And I thought, what, if this is better under him, what was it like before? If this is considered the improvement. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, the greatest, I mean, it's that thing about the, the most extraordinary thing that I've watched over the past 10 years, and I, I don't know if you guys see it there, but the, the, I'm, you must, we, we're, we're, all, uh, we're all dumber than posts in a way. Um, the, the uh, uh, you know, getting people to vote against their own self-interest. Yes. That's really spectacular. 
that I thought, is, if you could, you know, if you could actually, the fact that, that, now that's really leadership. If you get somebody to vote for something that's against themselves, imagine if you actually got them to vote for things they wanted or should have. <laughs> but we haven't figured that out. All we figured out is, hey, you know, here's how to fuck yourself. You vote for me. And then, I mean, I got, you know, God love Joe Biden and all of that, but you kind of go, wow, it's like, we're at that point of like, really, you know, we got grandpa, we have to have grandpa. Coming. Yeah, it's crazy. It's either grandpa or the crazy uncle. Yeah. What a choice to make. None of those people do you want to get stuck with on a Thanksgiving dinner. Now no. you want to be stuck with them in your country for four years? But I mean, he, it's what we've got to do almost, because it is like, kind of like, okay, you know, I'm, you know, this is, we're going to go back to square one again. Okay, let's relearn. It was kind of like everybody said, you know, uh, I was not as, uh, you know, people go, what do you, uh, you know, what did you think ultimately about Obama? And I said the, the importance of the Obama, which is why the, the negativity toward him was staggering, because mm -hmm. it wasn't like he changed, did stuff that were like earth shaking, yeah. you know, but. But what he did do was transition us back to the paragraph so yes. that people could actually hear a full paragraph again, yes. as opposed to the George Bush kind of like, I can get, I can get uh, six words into a sentence. I can do that. <laughs> and then, so he actually got, and, and um, truly uh more than and, and, and just as important uh, the the idea of of a of a really uh, what a, at least in appearance and I think probably true uh, a really good family a, a really beautiful family an example of what a family should be like yes. both the, that I thought both of those things alone are vital in this country yeah you know and uh, uh, you know and then we went back to uh, you know, I'm not even, we're not even, you know, now I'm going to, now I'm going to get down to, to tweeting <laughs> paragraphs to like, I can only do 144 characters, whatever the fuck is that now. From poetry to tweets. Yeah. <laughs> what is, what is, what is Biden promising? Every time, every time I watch anything that he says, I don't hear anything that he's promising. It, am I, am I not hearing it or is he really not promising anything? He's probably, he's promising empathy, mm -hmm. uh, sanity. Mm -hmm. uh, the one thing I think he's promising that a lot of them are missing is I'm not going to bother you. Yes. I'm not going to bother enough. You know, it's going to be quiet yeah. <laughs> about, about your stuff. He is promising the fact that he's going to uh, go back to science. Yes. Because we really did do stuff. I mean, you know, there what's gone on in terms of like uh, the environment, the rules about the environment are, are, are all kind of lobbyists are running that, and lobbyists are running the uh, the, the forests and the interior. And, uh, you know, they're like trying to sell off that to have people, you know, dig for oil. I mean, it's so all of that is what he's promising. That gets yeah. kind of buried in the lead, you know, um, you, all of that kind of the science thing is really important because, uh, you know, uh, and, and trying to push, uh, push back on the, um, 
on the, uh, uh, what is it? You know, it, it, the swamp is always going to be the swamp, but this guy really brought, he brought, he brought actual uh, types of, uh, of, of life that the swamp had never seen. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> he <brought> in, <laughs> these are like lizards. He brought in lizards with nine legs. And two legs. <laughs> we found them, but it's been different. Um, and, and, and also, uh, more in, 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 in inherent and not really spoken is the fact that apparently, you know, he took a civics class. So, which is the, the civics, which was the way we taught, it's teaching, teaching government mm -hmm. and how government is run. So, so Biden had that. I, I think the important thing, the important lesson is, is whether we like it the fuck or not in this country, um, that we have to have people who run the government, who care about the government, who believe in service. Okay? Yeah, that's all we ask for. Yeah. Right? I, is that yeah. too much to ask for? And that's what he's going to give, you know, because we, he literally, they, you know, they, they were trying, you know, partly uh, the, the part with the Republicans was kind of the stripping and, and of him more than even the Republicans was stripping uh, the, the uh, positions, you know, you know, we're only going to have, uh, you know, the, the, the State Department was, you know, there was, let's say, let's say, this is, I'm making this up, 5,000 people were in the State Department. Now there's like 4,000 people, you know, he just kept pulling people and cherry picking and not getting, and, you know, and people who did not have, who were not qualified. There's a reason people, they're people who want to do this shit. Let them do it. And it's not a business. In the end, it's not a business. Yeah, it's a country, right? It's policies, it's people's yeah. lives and future. And people grow, what people take for granted whenever an administration starts is people get of voter age while someone is in power. Yeah. Right? That's crazy. That, that's, a, that's another angle that people don't think of when you, when you it's, another it's another calculation altogether. How many people reach voting age while you're in power? And also, what happens, I always, I always think of a presidency that you're trying to get rid of that you don't like as going into a haunted house, right? You're buying a haunted house, then this medium comes and he's going to tell the spirits to go away into the light. Then all of a sudden, the spirits don't bother you anymore. And then I also, I always think, who said the spirit is gone? The spirit could be like, I didn't want to be spoken to. I, I'm the one who's talking. So now that you're talking back, I'm going to shut the fuck up. <laughs> So this person is like, I'll just, I'll just wait for the next buyers. I'll just hang around here in the corner and wait. It's not like I have anywhere to go. So that's, that, I think that's what happens to the, vo to the voters of the person that you dislike and get out of government. What happens to them? Do they change? Do they all of a sudden walk into the light and never want to bother human beings again? Or do they just stay in the pocket and just wait for you to get tired? And then they come out, then they vote again for the person they like. Because there's people who are alive now that voted for Nixon, that voted for the two Bushes, that voted for... There's people that are now here that are competing with people who just come of voting age 24 months ago. Yeah. <laughs> that have voted how many administrations? You know, so... <laughs> so you're sitting there going, are we, are, are we letting the new home buyers, you know, with, with a great station wagon and a pregnant wife, 26-year-old, you know, sparkling eyes who want to host their first Christmas dinner in this house that is charming and looking old and they, they think if they watch enough Property Brothers, they can make it into a dream home. But there's ghosts hanging around here. Then what, what happens to the ghosts after the coat of paint 
and the and the waving of the feather and the sage, which is the elections, then what happens to the to the eight year old who's going, I'll catch you in four years, it's fine, he's coming back. <laughs> it'll be it'll be interesting with you know what they don't seem to understand. I, what I have felt that we've been watching here for a while. Yeah. Uh, is uh, that's very good. The, <laughs> well, um, what did you say? Sage and what? The uh, what else? It's, a, it's an eagle feather and sage. Oh yeah. <laughs> so the uh, what we've been watching here is, uh, I think, the sound of dinosaurs dying. Yes. Whoa, that's good. You know that. Um, it's really uh, the end of this. And what appalls me, and I, I, it, more than anything, is that my generation uh, should have done more. It should not have been. It, it really is disgusting. Mm. Uh, and I feel badly about that. Mm. Uh, that we didn't, we didn't do better. Uh, yeah. But I think, um, but it was kind of like, oh, we went, oh, we can change the world. And then we went, uh, uh. Um, uh, oh, oh, no, I got three kids. So, uh, <laughs> and I think that came as a shock. I, I mean, I don't know where we, but that, that, that somehow we lost, that, that, you know, I would always say, you know, there was, I'm, I'm born at kind of the same time as uh, Dick Cheney. Yes. But, but what, you know, literally as if I was born on a different planet. Yeah. Completely different planet. Yeah. And, I, and I'm thinking now that what's occurred uh, with this, the, the generation that, that, that they keep yelling, the millennials and all of that, the generation, the, the one that you say that's now coming of voting age, is really the generation that, uh, that is more empowered and gets it. And I hope. But they've never been more preoccupied in their life. Yeah. They've never been more preoccupied. If they're not trying to, to master the next TikTok dance, <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to figure out which which kardashian which kardashian is launching a makeup label you know they, they they've got too many things to do i look at anyone who's young now i'm like you've got a you've got a lot to do basically you you have to look at their phones and all the apps that they interact with as appointments so they have all of these appointments in a day you know there's there's the best time to take an instagram photo there's the best time to send out a tweet there's also the time, the downtime that you use to, to figure out how to prank your grandfather or, you know, how to do a TikTok dance. In all of that time, there's, there's just a lot. But if you think about the generation during the Vietnam War, all they had to do was just avoid going to the war. Yeah. So the distraction was not as much. You know, when they didn't have as many choices to make. Do you want a vanilla or a chocolate milkshake? That's all they had to think about. Do you want blue Levi Strauss jeans or blue Levi Strauss jeans? Right. Now you want cut torn jeans, you want them short, you want them skinny, you want them tight, you want them... Kids now have got too many choices, right? Bubble tea, for fuck's sake. Yeah. You know that shit, whatever the fuck that is. Pumpkin spice latte. Oh my God. If you want to get, if you want to mass kill Americans, you will do it with pumpkin spice latte. If you, if you poison that mix, you would wipe out 60% of... <laughs> Of all yeah, Americans voting age with a pumpkin spice latte poisoning. I know, but I was just hoping, you know, I kind of like was hoping you give us a little bit of hope and you just, you know, take it and smash it. I go, look at, what about them? Fuck them too. Because <laughs> I, I don't really know them. All I know is, is they're kind of like, 
They just seem to, uh, you know, have more of, you know, they, they seem to have, you know, more of a sense of, now they're like, now you've ruined it. Uh, you know, you've just destroyed it. My, yeah. My, my <laughs> little bit of hope, my teeny tiny bit of hope, and you squashed it. Like, the, 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 <laughs> Were you were you pinning all your hopes on the pumpkin spice latte generation? <laughs> well, not all of them, but I was I was pinning my hopes on the fact that at least they, you know, they turning a corner, that there yes. was more of a you know that um, that at least here I felt like uh, there was a whole group of kids. Let's not say they were millennial. Let's just yes. get, get out of that. Um, but that <laughs> but the, but that there are, there's a generation that's come of age that was raised by either two women or two men. Yes. You know, that all of a sudden, all of these things have come to pass. And uh, there has not been, you know, the, the, the things did not crumble. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of hold on to this Bible thing here, like psychotically, which is fine. You can hold on to it here. What they yes. don't understand is it has no place in the public square. No. You do it, you know, you just don't, you don't want those people in your church. Okay, that's the place you're not allowed to have them. You, you know, people can yell about that, but that's their church. They're, they're, but not in terms of the rest of it. In the public yes. square, it's called Tufsky Shitsky. Tufsky <laughs> One of the few things they fucking these idiots tried to, you know, they, the one thing we never got. They, they, they all come here to to uh, to run from a religious persecution and then end up becoming the same fucking hammer, idiots. <laughs> Jesus Christ! In in all the time you've been you've been doing stand up, is there and traveling obviously all around the world to do stand up? Is there a story that? That is unbelievable that if you were to tell us, we probably wouldn't believe it. Because those are my favorite stories when someone tells you, oh, you won't believe what happened to me. I'm working, I'm opening for um, Ray Charles. Uh, the space is an outdoor space, I believe, I'm not sure if it's in, it's, it's an outdoor space in uh, maybe Cleveland, I'm not sure. It's a big, it's like 10,000, you know, outdoors. I am just uh, a friend of mine got me the gig. He he was he was kind of one of these guys who had uh, <clears throat> worked in the business as a uh, promoter, not a promoter, but he he'd done a lot of stuff in terms of getting people gigs. He'd worked with he'd worked at uh, he'd worked with Bill Graham for a while, and somehow he had gotten me this gig for opening. And I was going to get five hundred bucks, and I had to do. Uh, I had to do a half hour. I'm, I'm still not, I'm not at a pro level yet, but I can headline in a club. It's like the fourth or fifth outdoor, but it's certainly the largest I've done uh, to that point. And uh, I'm on stage. And so I had some material. And some of my material was always a little too edgy for someone who didn't know what the fuck they were doing. So there was no kind of control. So I'm, uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, I go on stage, and uh, the one thing I got a, a, a thing of water, and I just go, 
And when I worked early on, one of the things when, you know, people, you know, my style came from the fact that uh, I would, I'd started by yelling and, uh, and I just, I'd started six yelling, six and go to 15, let's say, or 20, my yelling. So it, I was like psychotic. And, and, uh, uh, and part of it was because, and it was, I was, uh, and I wouldn't hardly ever pause, no silence at all. Just go. Just go, because I felt like if I gave the audience any chance, they'd come at me, mm. you know, and so I didn't want to give them that, especially outdoors. Yes. So something, it was during the, uh, the first Iraq war, and, uh, you know, it was a, the, the first Bush war. Yes. And uh, <clears throat> so I had some material on that that was pretty good material, actually not too crazy, but Certainly not something I should have been doing outdoors in Ohio. Um, <laughs> it was about how they were, uh, you know, these guys from CNN were reporting, um, and that, uh, you know, that they they, was, they were reporting this incoming. And I said, what were they? What were they doing? Waiting for a pizza to arrive? Why would you be sitting there? Uh, you know, is these is we're kind of bombing Iraq, and what the hell is the matter with these people? And um, <clears throat> And then if I had a rust, if I had a bicycle with, you know, with two flat tires, I would have been riding out of that area as fast as I could. So I kind of been doing that. And they, and, they, and now I think I got the audience. I'm like 15 minutes in. And I go, huh, and I'm, and I need to get some water. And I go for the water. And literally as I reach for the water, it gets, you hear from the audience, go fuck yourself, you son of a bitch. That doesn't water the water, right? You goddamn fuck you, you anti-American piece of shit. And then it just pounding, pounding, pounding. Now the other group who's for the war or, you know, who, who got that it was a comedy thing, they're yelling, shut up, he's doing all right. What do you want from him? He's just a kid. So they're yelling at each other. Now they're both yelling back and forth. Now it's like, and I'm just sipping the water going, oh, man. And I got 10 more minutes. <laughs> so I said, you know, please, uh, can't we all be friends? Please, everybody, uh, hold hands. You know, what about a little kumbaya? You know, I'm down to my kumbaya jokes. <laughs> That's when kumbaya could be, you still had a little bit of kumbaya. And it was brutal. And it was literally 10 minutes of just a wall of sound. <laughs> And I, I came off sweating like a pig. I thought I was going to meet Ray Charles. He doesn't even show up until he's sure he's got the, the money, which I get. <laughs> the way things were for performers in the black community. And a lot of those guys, it's like, fuck you. Once we get the cash, then I'm going to come out of the car. Well, I don't meet him. I, I met a couple of the Ray Letts. <laughs> that was good. But I, you know, once I left that stage, it was literally the stagehands looked at me and said it was like watching... Uh, it was like watching a, uh, a an amateur boxer get pounded by Muhammad Ali. 